Hallelujah. Lift your hands and give thanks to the Lord. Pray for the spirit of revelation. Spirit of Revelation. Para mandala shandele beke para mandala mandari lebede. Bere mondele de. Oh borondo la 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 la. Borobolo do do do. Para mandele de 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 de. Bende de 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 de. Spirit of revelation, spirit of revelation, spirit of revelation. Spirit of revelation, spirit of revelation. Someone dali make a barama. Mama randali mondele de bere de bere de 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 de. Alema, 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 alema. Amalera, 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 amalera. Arivele de bere de, arivele de bere de, arivele de bere de de. Arimendo lo mondele de de bere de, bere de bere de 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 de. Hamborana la manashirele pagalarele 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 forama mahandali namasondele makabalandali namere 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 lora mandali dobe ramandali ma shandala mandali dole namere ramandal mere de zurumande 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 Thank you, Lord. Father, we give you thanks and we give you praise. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Isaiah chapter 2 and verse 2. It shall come to pass in the last days that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established in the top of the mountains and shall be exalted above the hills and all nations shall flow unto it. And many people shall go and say, come let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob, and he will teach us of his ways. And we will walk in his path. For out of Zion shall go forth the law, the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. Now, this great vision of mountain-like churches, right? A church which is like a mountain, 
a mountain being something awesome. Something awesome and something attractive. You know, once I was on the highest mountain uh, in a particular country and uh, it was so awesome to me that I wanted to share that experience with all my friends. I wanted people to see how awesome it was. I, I, don't, I was not conscious of this scripture, but it was just awesome. It's just an awesome and quite frightening sometimes experience. And just to know that you are there. It's so awesome that um, when you are down, before going up, it is summertime. You wear t-shirts. But you buy winter jackets and gloves to go up. When you are down, you, you are, it's hot. You'll be wearing your t-shirt. When you get up, you have to wear a winter uh, jacket. You have to wear gloves. You have to wear the hat as if you are, not as if you are, it's winter. Yes. Just within a minute, you, when you get up there, that's it. It's changed. It's awesome. Yes. You'll be there soon experiencing mountain, mountains for yourself. Yes. Mountain-like. And for a church to be mountain-like, you see, is to have a church which is truly awesome. Yes. The mountain of the Lord's house shall be exalted above the mountains. Then, one of the things too that I found that in, in, in Switzerland, for instance, every mountain peak is named. The mountains are named. You know? And they know this one, this one, this one, and they all have names. You know? And um, it's an awesome thing to have and to see these mountains. Now, the Lord, the word that we have in verse 2 is that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established in the top of the mountains. So, at the, as the mountains are there, the mountains are there. There is a mountain that is on top of the mountains. Yeah. That's, that, those are the peaks. And they are all named. This one is this. This one is this with the height. The, 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 is it the height or the, yeah. How high it is, yeah. It's named. And so the, the, there are mountains and the house of the Lord is the peak of the mountains. This is how the end time church will be. Yes. This is how the end time church will be. And indeed, today, many people, you see, who were nobodies in the ministry are becoming mountain-like churches. You may, you may not know. You may not know. But many people who were nothing 
because of their attention to the word, are turning into mountain-like churches. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. It is not possible to be in Ghana and ignore the church. No matter how you criticize us, and no matter how you mock us, the mountain is there. (laughs) Oh, yes. Even when it comes to voting, some churches are claiming we are 10%. If you joke with us, we will mobilize our membership to vote. And people believe pastors more than others. Yes. So, your church, we are are here because of your church. Your church is going to be like a mountain. Yes. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be attractive. Yes. Believe it. You know, one day, I, at the very beginning of our church, when our church was in a classroom, I met somebody who said, um, when people come to his church, he prays that when they go back, he, he prays over the members, that when they go back, they will come again. And that when they are coming, they will come with more people. Yeah, I've never heard of such a prayer before. Yes. (laughs) I've never heard of such a prayer that I pray that they will come back and that when they are coming, they will come with more people. Yeah. And I began to pray that prayer from classroom stage. Begin praying those prayers for your church and for your ministry and you'll be surprised that the mountain, the attractive mountain, yes, will happen to you in the ministry. Amen. And it's going to happen practically. The mountain of the Lord's house. And also, the fact that you need a team to climb a mountain and good leadership, yes, to achieve the mountain height is also something that is going to happen practically in your life. You see, more and more and more good leaders will be found in the church. You know, if you look, church compounds are some of the most organized places in the country. Yes. Even if outside there's no road. Outside is a gutter. Outside is a roadless environment. Outside is a bush. Outside is whatever. The church, usually you find order and leadership. You'll be one of the best leaders. Yes. So, you'll find that the church, you get it, has this established, it's established, even up on this mountain. For as far back as 1847, when the white people came here, you see the church is established on the top of the mountains. When you drive through all these Equapin mountains, you see the presence of the church. You cannot ignore it. As far back as 150 years ago, 170, 180 years, the church is established on the top of the mountains. 
your church in 150 years, if Jesus hasn't come, your church will still be standing there established on the top of the mountains. Hallelujah. So it shall come to pass that mountain-like churches, all right, uh, are, are needed. Now, one of the other things about mountain-like church is that it takes young people to climb. Yes. <laughs> it's true. And that is why many of the pastors of mountain-like churches will be young people. Yes. Because, you know, uh, at a certain age, there are some mountains you can't climb. When you see the people climbing the mountain, you realize that, mm, this one, I need to be young before I can climb this one. Oh, yes. I mean, when you see the people physically throwing the thing up there and climbing vertically on the mountain, you realize that, look, you got to be young to do this. At a certain age, or young at heart, at a certain age, all these things, you look and say, no, I can't do it. And that is why I prefer and I'm more encouraged to see younger faces when I'm preaching and teaching, even about church growth, church leadership activities, because they are the ones who are going to do the mountain-like churches. That's the truth. That's the truth. Yeah, that's the truth. Now, mountain-like churches also is one of the things about a mountain-like church is that it is difficult to climb. It's difficult. If you ask me, Doug, tell me the most difficult part of your ministry. The most difficult part. We have every subject. You remember when you were in school? I'm, maybe you are still in school. Did you have physics, biology, chemistry, maths, English, ad maths, geography? Which one didn't you, Which one was more difficult? Maths. And which other one was difficult? Ad maths. And which other one was difficult? Science, physics, biology, chemistry. What about history? Social studies. These are later subjects. If you were to ask me, which part of the ministry is the most difficult? The most difficult? Huh? Of all the things, church, I mean, uh, uh, church planting, uh, church growth, evangelism, counseling, chin shepherding, administration, uh, leadership, prayer. I mean, uh, what are the other aspects of ministry? Prophetic, this, everything, anointing. I would say the most difficult thing is church growth. Yeah, it's the most difficult thing for me. Yes. Most complex. Yes. That's, that's what I find. Yeah. So actually, when I, when, I, when I became an evangelist and I was no more in the church, I was quite happy. <laughs> I was quite happy because it is not easy to make a church grow big. Yeah, it's very hard. And you need to apply the greatest attention to climbing 
and achieving a mountain like church. Yeah. So if you if you if you joke, if you joke with it, that's for the church to just be as it is, if not reducing, and you supervise the reduction of the church. You'll be standing there as it is gradually reducing before your very eyes. Yeah. It's not a small thing. Yeah. And it's not a small thing to make it grow and keep it growing and keep it at a certain level. Yes, yes, yes. Hey, because for a pastor in our church, every, it is like, uh, every Sunday is like elections. <laughs> elections for, a pol- uh, yes, for politicians. It's, for us, it's like election. And we have divided the areas into constituencies. Yes. And we are expecting, like, if we are expecting Bantama, we are expecting this, both Benshia, we are expecting here, Ketu South, we are expecting from each constituency, we are expecting different uh, people to come from each constituency. Yes. So, and when they come from the constituency, we know we are expecting 40 people from here, we are expecting 30, we are expecting each constituency, we are expecting this one, when this one are coming, these people are coming, Ayawaso East are coming, Ayawaso West, Odododio is coming, this one are coming, and we know that when they all come, then we are in. So that's why we have, we, we call them constituencies. Yes. Yeah. It's not a small thing. So can you imagine having election every Sunday? Then can you imagine the tension and the pressure of weekly elections? <laughs> whether the votes you are expecting from uh, where? Ketu South, Techiman South, Techiman North. Uh, what is that small place that won the election the last time? Ten. <laughs> yeah. Because sometimes a small area, they are not coming. They say that the church is empty. Yeah. What is the one at uh, Techi? What is that place? Uh-huh. That place is not easy to win. If these people win, these people win. They, they swing. Nobody can win twice. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, yes. Constituencies. And we are expecting not votes, but souls from each place. And if your Bantama doesn't come. If your Menshia Palace doesn't come. If your Ayawaso West doesn't come. If your Ketu South doesn't come. Uh, or your Lejokuku doesn't come well. Or Dodio Dio doesn't come. You have lost the election. So every Sunday you can be losing election. <laughs> it, it's the most difficult. It's the most difficult. And that is why many pastors stand in small churches and stand in empty buildings because the way to achieve, you know, the, 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 the gathering of the souls is not a small thing. And, and that is why a president, you know, even who hasn't been to school but has won an election is greatly respected. Oh, yes. Well, to win the election, it's not a small thing. You are expecting from here, from here, from here, from here, small, small. Everybody must come. Tamale North, Tamale South. Everybody must be in. 
Tamale Central. Three of them in only in Tamale. Yeah. <laughs> and what about if this side fails? This side doesn't come. This side doesn't make it. It must not fail. That's why to win an election, even if you haven't been to school, haven't achieved anything, haven't built anything before, but you can win the election. It's, it's, a, it's an achievement. It's an achievement. It's not a small thing. And for church growth, that's it. If you, if you see it that way, you realize that I'm expecting from here, I'm expecting from here, I'm expecting from here, and attendance in branches. I'm expecting this place to have this attendance. I'm expecting here, I'm expecting here, I'm expecting here. All this I'm expecting. I mean, to get all of them to comply and to flow this Sunday and next Sunday too. Eh? <laughs> it's, it's the most difficult part of a, past, a pastor's work. It's not a small thing. Yeah. So that is why when you go to a church, and when I went to Yongicho's church, and on Monday morning, 9 a.m., I entered the Seoul Korea Sports Stadium, only um, World Cup Stadium. It's full. When I say full, I mean every stand is full with church members wearing T-shirts, holding balloons. At 9 o'clock in Seoul, Korea, where the center of Samsung, LG, Samsung phones, uh, uh, all the televisions, I mean, that's the factory for cars, Kia, this, everything is there. Everybody is working. And they are 9 a.m. on Monday morning, they, they've, come, they've come to church. Full. And you see outside buses filled with, I mean, buses parked like cars. Oh, yes. Because they are expecting the Jokuku, they are expecting this, they are expecting the, before the stadium will be full. And they are all there. On time. Oh, yes. Your church will be a mountain-like church. Your church will be a mountain-like church. Yes. And that is why when God gives you the opportunity to travel, to attend, to go somewhere, to see, you must go because you are likely never to accomplish something you haven't seen before. Because I've seen this before. I've seen it before. It has it affected me. Yeah, you are affected by what you've seen before. Uh, It is possible. It is possible. So, the mountain-like church is going to be the story of your ministry. Believe it in your spirit, even if it looks impossible or it looks fantastic. You know, what you believe is what even saves you. Can you imagine? Salvation comes to you because of what you believe. And as you believe in a mountain-like church, salvation and help comes to you and your life and ministry changes because of your belief in the mountain-like church. Yes. In the last days, it shall come to pass that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established in the top of the mountains and shall be exalted above the hills. And all nations shall flow unto it. And verse 3 says, And many people shall go. Many people shall go. Many people shall go. It's a source of attraction. I say it's a source of attraction. Jesus himself said it. A city set on a hill cannot be hid. You'll be a source of attraction. Up there on the hill. Up on the hill there. You'll be a source of attraction. Your church will be a source of attraction. A source of attraction. Many people shall go. 
and say, ah, come, let us go to the house of the Lord. Ah, Ramasata Balandala Manasha. To the mountain of the Lord's house, to the house of the God of Jacob, and He will teach us of His ways. He will teach us His ways, and we will walk in His paths. For out of Zion shall go forth the law and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. Hallelujah. Wherever you stand, the mountain will start appearing there. I say, wherever you plant your tent, the mountain will grow up over there. Wherever you go planting your tent, a mountain will be there. Hallelujah. It does not depend on the city. It does not depend on anything. It depends on the word of the Lord. The word of the Lord. Wherever you are planted, wherever you stand, the mountain will develop around you over there. The mountain of the Lord's house will develop over there. Ah, and it will surely be a mountain in the name of Jesus. Receive this grace and this anointing on your life. Receive this power over your life. Receive the power to have a mountain-like church, a church of attraction, a church where many people shall go and say, come, come, we want to see. We want to see, we want to learn. We want to learn. Salombo Catalborehedal Maharamonele, Madole Manaba, Dore Vedesh, Pare Balanda, Membreges Perigelido, Membreges de Vesquebre Veligido, Perimenenge Vergebele de Hebrew Malabrevele, Maharamene Mosombre de Veligido, La Hapadele de Morunone, La Hapalade de Shibura Yes. 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 Yes, Lord. Yes. The mountain of the Lord's house. 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 The mountain of the Lord's house shall be established. Yes, Lord. In the top of the mountain. Mando Kabalanda shall be exalted above the hills. Your church will be exalted above businesses, above political parties, above other jobs, above other above other vocations, above other activities, above every other thing, above every work that there is to do in the earth. The mountain of the Lord's yes, house, Lord. the church of the Lord, the church of mountain will be there. Amen. One time I was flying and uh, many times I've been on planes and the pilot will say, ladies and gentlemen, if you are on the right side of the plane, 
If you look out, you see this mountain. Oh, yes. See this mountain. We are flying by this mountain. I was flying one time in East Africa and said, look out on the right side, Mount Kilimanjaro. White snow at the top. White. <laughs> I was flying in Europe. I said, look outside, you see the French Alps. On your left side, you see the Swiss Alps. We are crossing Himalayas. Different places. Wherever, whether Africa, whether Europe, whether your town, a mountain appears. There is no continent a mountain has not appeared. Receive grace to have mountains in any and every place. Every place, mountains appear. Receive the grace. I see a mountain coming out Amen. wherever you are. Tomalada, Ramos Adeleba, Maoko Palade, Borom Dendele Morelisha, Madole Matamala, Domeni Dole Besa, Madole de 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 it will still be a source of attraction. Yes. It will still be a source of attraction. Yes. Yeah. Everybody there may be poor. Wow. But it's a source of attraction. Yes. Receive the grace oh, I that in the poorest environment, I receive it. The source of attraction I will remain. It. Amen. You are a source of attraction. Pray everyone now that anybody who comes to your church will come again. Pray that prayer. Oh, yes. And that when they are coming, they will come with more people. In the name of Jesus. That they will come again. In the name of Jesus, Mosheke Telebebe, Rochida Bananante, Likroshken Telebe, Madole, Mantelebo, Mamma Sirele, Robolobo Chidele, Rakaparian Telemoshin Telebebe, that they will come again and come with more people ninta silo barate kiro shente achuni lebraninde kolobo chirabanande silenende oh marananande ko chiririniande lo prosciti pakolobo chirene oh yes father thank you for your blessing thank you for your power that is given to us in jesus name amen you may be seated in the presence of the lord now This big anointing, which is on you now, the big anointing for a mountain-like church, needs an environment of respect before the miracle can happen. Yes. And I am teaching you something. I'm trying to share with you something about how to create an environment of respect in your environment, in your church, so that 
even though you, you are preaching in your own house, there will be respect. Do you see? Enough honor and respect so that your great gift can manifest. Because without that, uh, people generally start to criticize. And people start to dishonor you, analyze you, speak about you behind your back. Uh, almost any negative thing is like more like a default and more like a natural thing. Thank you. Thank you. It's more like a, a default or it's more like a natural thing that will happen. That's, that's, the, that's the natural the natural, they'll just look at you, your age, where do you come from, what are you, what do you have, what you are saying. You, you, one time I, I was, there was a lady in a church, you know, when the pastor was preaching, she would just tell the person, this one is a Derek Prince, he's preaching from Derek Prince's book, uh, this uh, book, this is what he's preaching. I mean, that was all she was doing in the church. I mean, you just, you just, if he's preaching for Derek Prince's book, what, what is wrong with it? I said, oh, this one is a, what, this one, this is this what he's saying. This one is this book. This one is that. This. That doesn't help. You know? So, naturally, people are going to be some way. So, you have to, as a pastor, do things and conduct yourself. Respect is not because you are respectable. Respect doesn't come to you because you are respectable. Was Jesus respected? <laughs> was he honored on this earth? He went out of this earth. He was treated like a thief. He was treated as a criminal. He died as a criminal. The masses voted for him to be killed as a criminal. The masses. So, respect is not because you are respectable, but respect is also because the people are trained to respect what must be respected. Otherwise, naturally, they will go a certain way. It's like a car. The alignment of the car is going left. If you leave the steering wheel, the whole car goes left. If you leave the steering wheel of a church, it will all go left. It doesn't matter, it doesn't matter the basis on which you started the church. <laughs> so I am trying to share with you so that you cause your church to be filled with respect and love if you say negative things about pastors and sarcastic things about men of God who come around okay you can only expect that your people have learned to say sarcastic things about pastors and of which you are one. You are also a pastor. So very soon, they will be speaking in the same way. Yes. Yes. They will soon be speaking in the same way. How they speak and they make comments. You get what I'm saying? Yes. <laughs> they, will be, they will be speaking in, that, in the same way. Yeah. So, honor is something that you will be surrounded with after this conference. And it's going to be you going forward 
in honor and the people watching you honor. It's like loyalty. Loyalty is a type of honor. They see your commitment. They see your loyalty. They see your honor. They will follow the honor. And if you've made a mistake in that relation, you will say, I made a mistake here. And they will see somebody who says sorry. They'll say, oh, that means you are supposed to say sorry too. I think we don't realize how much the church members are following our things. Yes. Yes. They are following how we are. Yeah. So if you want them to honor, if you want your members to honor you, when, when you are honoring and they see that you honor, it's not, in, not just in an offering, but in many different ways you honor, they will learn how to honor you in the same way that you are honoring somewhere else. It's not about money. Don't think about money. It's one of the aspects. It's just one thing. One day a pastor was in his house and someone came, a senior pastor came there to speak to him, advise him and whatever. But he didn't know that the, when he came to the room, I think, you know, there are some sitting rooms that have a lot of doors. This door goes to this room, this door goes to this room, this room. I think the sitting room was something like that. So not knowing that he has hidden his other pastors in the rooms that were surrounding the sitting rooms. And some of us are, are, are like that. You call somebody, the person's on speaker, but he doesn't know that he's speaking to a group as he's speaking to you. So what, what you are doing will also be done to you. I hope you know that. Yes. He thinks that he's talking to you, but he's talking to a lot, a lot of people. You are also smiling. Then he's speaking, the, the speaker that he thinks that he's talking to you personally is a broadcast. If he had known that he was broadcasting to so many people, he may not have spoken to you like that. You would have even told him that. Whatever. I mean, what you are doing, you, you are just leading people. You're just leading people. Don't do what I'm doing. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, yes. So, anyway, he hid the pastor. So, all the people were in the rooms. And he was there in the sitting room. He finished praying for him, counseling him. And then he went to see him off. When he came back, came to the room, then they opened all the doors. Then they all came out. No, my friends, you think they are, they are fairy tales. You know, then they got a broom and they said, they gave the brooms to the other person that let us sweep out all the prayers and the word that this man has come to bring to the house. So they all started to sweep. I mean, pastors were now sweeping. We are sweeping out the prayers that this senior pastor came to pray in the house. So they all swept out the prayers and the uh, blessings or whatever it was that the person brought because we don't want to hear what, what, we don't want to hear his things. Now, do you think the sweepers have not learned how to sweep prayers? <laughs> and they have not learned how to sweep words? That's the day they learn how to sweep words. We didn't know that we can sweep prayers away. I didn't know you could sweep prayers <laughs> and blessings. 
you, but you have just demonstrated to them and shown them how to sweep somebody's prayers away. You don't have to teach it. You have created an environment of sweepers for your life. And you will be in the midst of sweepers. People who sweep prayers and people who sweep blessings and advice and counsel and who sweep away even honor. That's all you've done. And you have made things difficult for yourself. You've made things difficult for yourself, for the ministry. Very difficult. Very difficult. How can, how can you have people who honor you when you have demonstrated what to do by sweeping a senior pastor's prayers no matter who he is now how many okay wait let me ask you a question just between me and you <laughs> how many never knew that you could sweep prayers like this, you are now hearing that prayers can be swept. Raise up your hand. If you didn't know prayers could be swept, yes. It's a new, yes, you are learning it. <laughs> so if you hear that prayers can be swept, it's something new. That's why I never knew prayers. You sweep prayers. <laughs> you share rooms to members and say, start sweeping. <laughs> so it's, it's, it's a form of education. You've educated your people how to be against and how to dishonor and to disrespect. And how to be really something behind somebody's back. You can rest assured your bottom dollar. They will be the same way to you. Oh yes. So. That's why we can't have mountain like churches. Because in a certain environment your gift will not flourish. I'm telling you. When God showed me how gifted I was. When I say how gifted, like how much power he had given to me. Because I was a discouraged. I don't see the power. I don't see the power. So he was showing, trying to show, because you, if you don't take it, when you live in a, in a certain environment, you will not see the power. Okay. You will never see how really much anointing is in you. And I believe that there is so much power. That's why Jesus said, if you say to this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea. And you don't doubt in your heart. You will have what you say. And I'm sure the disciples were wondering, mm, are you sure we can say to this mountain, be that remote? He was trying to show them that they are dealing with big power. They have big power. It is a matter of releasing that level of power that is in your life and in your ministry. Yes, it's a matter of releasing that level of power in your life and your ministry. Now, I want to Look at honor. Okay. Now, one of the ways you honor someone so that everybody in your environment will learn to honor or respect. One of the ways you respect is by paying attention to what the person says. Yes, it's a form of honoring. Yeah. Paying attention. Yeah. Paying attention. Now, if you teach your members to pay, if you if you pay attention, you are teaching your members to pay attention. If you show your members that you pay attention, 
they are learning to pay attention from you. Giving offerings is a very small part of honoring. It's, it's, or it's a major part of honoring, but it's a small thing. What about paying attention? Now, Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20. Honor someone by paying attention to his words. Proverbs 4 and verse 20. My son, you know, this you are trying to teach your son to honor. My son, attend to my words. Incline your ear, thine ear, to my sayings. So attend, pay attention. Amen. Proverbs 7, verse 24. Hearken unto me now, therefore, O ye children. And what? And what? Attend to the words. Attend to the words of my mouth. Like, pay attention to the words. Now, the difference between the church that I'm pastoring now and the church that I was pastoring before I was transferred is the level of attention that they give to anything that I say. If I say something, they really take it seriously. Yes. They, they, they take it. That's why they call me prophet. Yes. It's not that my ministry has changed but I'm surrounded by people who think that when I speak, it's prophetic. Yeah. So they, they are more wary. If I, if I make any comment, sometimes I don't want to talk, but if I make any comment, he said this, they, they take it seriously. Yeah. One time my brother came and said uh, something about somebody that uh, they, they, want, they want to marry or they, he's found a beloved or something. And when, I, when I don't say anything, they, they will go and say, he didn't say anything. Be careful. This one, is, is, uh, why didn't he say anything about it? <laughs> yeah. So I feel more respect. You see, it's, it's very connected to respect. It's very connected to respect. Yeah, attention to words is very connected to respect. Yeah, thank you for your offering. Thank you for your gifts, your cow, your this, your that, that you've presented. But your attention to the person's words, it greatly reveals your respect. Look at Ephesians chapter 6, verse 1. Yeah. 1, 2, 3. Children, no, I want to put 1, 2, 3 there together. Now, Notice the connection between respecting and obedience to the words. 
children, obey your parents in the Lord. For this is right. Honor thy father and thy mother. So, honoring and obeying or paying attention the way is one and the same thing. That's why it is right there in the verse together. Children, obey and honor that it may be well with thee and that thou mayest live long on the earth. So, obeying the words that come from your father, you see, taking it seriously and respecting him are one and the same thing. The more obedient you are, the more you respect him, the more attention you pay to his words, the more you actually respect the person. They are connected. Yeah. I feel more important, do you see, in the midst of people who pay attention to what I'm saying. Yeah. Are you there? You dishonor when you are disobedient. Amen. So, attention to a person's words. Amen. Is very important. Amen. Now, over the years, I notice that respect is directly connected. Yes. And as you do that, you see that people uh, learn, do you see, to honor in that way. Amen. Now, respect by paying attention to big things and little things that are said. Big things and little things. It's like you notice it. In Luke chapter, John chapter 2 and verse 5. It says, his mother said to his servants, whatsoever he saith unto you, do it. Whatsoever. Huh? Whatsoever he says to you, do it. And there were set there six water pots of stone after the manner of purifying, containing two or three firkins apiece. And Jesus saith unto them, fill the water pots with water. And they filled them up to the brim. And he saith unto them, draw out now and bear unto the governor of the feast. And they Bear it. Even Jesus' mother had great respect for his comments and his word. One day a brother was showing me his beloved or something. He just made a comment. Like I said, I don't like to make comments. He said something about whatever. And I just made a comment. Are you sure that you are not rather the one who is not seen. So immediately, it was like, hey, I'm not seeing something. And it's true, he was not seeing something. Oh, yeah. But I didn't, I, I said, oh, me, I'll never make a comment about this relationship. But the small one that I made was enough. Because they were watching for every word. 
You know, there are some people who are watching to criticize you. Yes. But there are some people who are also watching to take direction. Yes. God has spoken. Now, Jesus' mother said, whatsoever he says to you, do it. You see, some of you, it's not whatsoever. If he says something that is something like prayer, you will do it. If he says something spiritual, like fasting, you will do it. If he says something uh, supernatural sounding, you will do it. If he says bring an offering, you will do it. If he says something that we know is in the category of the usual spiritual things, you will do it. But if he says something else that is not in that family, you will not do it. And that's why his mother said to him, whatsoever he saith unto thee, whatsoever he saith unto you, do it. Yeah. Do it. Paying attention to the words reveals your great respect. One time I was with a Catholic bishop flying from South Africa or to South Africa. So I went to sit by him, an elderly, older man. And I was talking with him and he said, one of the things he realized about the charismatic churches is that we have sort of taken the Bible literally and seriously. More literally and seriously. Yes. So I was asking, what do they have? And he showed they have a lot of prayer books and other literature that they use apart from the Bible. But it's like the charismatics have taken the Bible literally, like little statements. We've taken them seriously. Like, except a man is born again, he will not enter there. We've taken it seriously. We've taken it literally. <laughs> it, was, it was in the Bible, but they didn't take it seriously. So that's why they call us born again churches. Do you see? And when you say, what is born again? Well, you no, know, it, is, it, is, it has always been there. It has always been. It is in everybody's Bible. But here come some people who take these words very seriously. And it creates a whole movement. Taking words seriously creates things. It creates big things. If you take this word seriously, mountain-like churches, if you take it seriously, you'll be surprised that it is like, I, I believe that the mountain-like thing is true. I believe it. I believed it. I just took it seriously. I took it literally. Yeah. And that is respect. That is respect. And if you are telling your church members that uh, my father said this or bishop said this, soon they will be quoting you and they will be saying that pastor said this. Because they've learned to take words that are spoken seriously. Just as you are telling somebody, whatever will say, says to you, do it. Somebody will also be saying about you, whatever he says, just do it. It's the same thing. I'm trying to help you to create an environment of respect. Yeah. So that you'll be ministering in a place where your gift comes out. And your gift comes forth. Receive it. In the name of Jesus. Thank you. Watch out. Yes. Yes. I'm trying to create an environment, you see, in which you, 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 you flourish. You, you become a big tree. Yeah. You'll never become a big tree in an environment of no, no respect and no honor and no uh, whatever. And that, that includes an environment where people pay attention. So, pastor said this, and it, it, it's important. It's important. And, and look at what Jesus' mother said. Whatever he says, you know, 
Let's do it. What did he say? He talked about pots. He talked about pots and wine and water. And these are what Jesus spoke about. And, and that's the main thing. Yeah. Just do it. Just do it to change your life. It's to change your life. Yeah. It's the main thing. When, when I, whenever I send missionaries, you know, they want me to say certain spiritual things to them. But most of the advice that I give to them is spiritual, but it's not what they think. And that's the, those who do well, they do well because they take literally those sayings. They take it seriously. You get it? Are you listening to me? Yeah. You have to take it seriously. Whatever he says to you. Thank you, Jesus. Whatever he says to you. No, not whatever. Whatsoever. I think whatsoever is more powerful than whatever. (laughs) That's how to bring about miracles. Yeah. Whatsoever he says. Implement it implement it implement it now I remember in you see when you don't take certain things seriously it's a sign of disrespect in the year 2001 I met with some pastors somewhere. Yeah. And uh, I spoke to them about something. Afterwards, as the years time went by, I realized that they considered what I said as nonsensical and inapplicable instructions. Yeah. I advised them to um, do something. I met with them and I told them debts are not good. Yeah. 2001, that's 20 years ago. Yeah. But as soon as I left them, many of them went to get loans, like the things that I said, they went and did the opposite. Some, some, one, one of them told me exactly, as soon as you left, you went for a loan. And you know, in all my ministry, I've never cried when I'm preaching, except maybe twice. That was one time. I wept throughout. I, my eyes were watering. I was, my, my um, tears were falling on uh, the, I think the Bible. I don't know whether you're using iPad. I don't think so. So I, when I, so I couldn't see the words. Oh. That's what I remember. And I was talking, and I was talking, and I was talking, and I was talking, and I was talking. I was explaining. After, you know, that's the last time I've spoken about those things. Now I don't speak about it again. Because it, it, it doesn't, it, it's just like, it's like they don't, who are you? Who are you? What do you know about this? What do you know about business? What do you know about this? You, you stay in America? Have you lived here before? Do you know anything about what? You just came from whatever 
Africa is not the same as And I spent about one hour talking about that thing. Wow. Yeah. Whatsoever he saith unto you, do it. And it has affected people who are not able to prosper. Amen. Yeah. If ever there is anything that prevents people from prospering, is it loans? Yes, loans and mortgages and what have you. Yeah. But I was speaking to people spiritually as a child. And I have biblical, the biblical basis. Oh man, oh no man, anything. And all these, there are so many things in the Bible. Where he says, I will bless you, you shall lend, you shall not borrow. So it means that to bless is to lend and not to borrow. And not to borrow. Not to borrow. Yeah. Yeah. I've met pastors with big churches. I was once in South Africa, I saw this pastor with a big church. He told me I learned it from you. Not to borrow. Because South Africa is a country of borrowing. Yeah. Credit. In all our crusades, the lowest offering that we had in all the crusades that we have had, the lowest offering that we had was in South Africa. Yeah. From all, we have been to about 27 countries. The lowest of, there's no money. Yeah, and the one that you and and, huh? and the highest number of Mercedes Benz cars and Porsche cars. When when you are having a pastors conference, you see a small number of people, but the cars that will be outside, everybody is owing, and there's no work. Serious, it, it's wonderful and marvelous. <laughs> the lowest. But you see, people look and say. It's nonsense. It's inapplicable. It was when I heard Bishop Oedipo speak about this thing. And he said some people asked, what does he know about business? Yes, I was shocked. Yeah. What does he know about business? He, Bishop Oedipo, what does he know about business? And whatever you say that people don't have uh, businesses... Uh, they, they're borrowing money and so on. And he, he used the word, he said, they are fake businesses. There's nothing to the business. All that they have is they owe millions. There's nothing to it. Yes. Then I got some small confidence because my confidence had been shattered by the disrespect that had been shown to me for my words. That's, that, that encouraged me. I said, oh, wow. So I'm not alone in the world saying these things. <laughs> yeah. But you see, the fact that you completely disregard what somebody says shows that you don't respect. Yeah. And when your respect goes, that's when you become a rebel. One day, somebody was about to break away from the church, and I told him, Look, what you are doing is going to lead to this, 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 and this. Don't do it. I told him that in our church, all the guns are pointing in this direction. When you go and stand there, the next firing round that comes, it will be taking you on. And I don't want to fight you. I don't want to take you on. Don't do what you are going to do. They will not listen to me. They say, oh, you don't know whatever. The last time I saw this man, he had neither job, nor church, nor whatever. After years, you know, Jesus said something I think is in Luke Luke uh, 20 or 21. He said, heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. Hey! Heaven and what? Earth. (laughs) 
shall pass away. Luke 21, yes. 21, it says, heaven and earth shall pass away. Think about the earth. How difficult it will be to destroy Ghana. Yeah, you think of Ghana. Think of your country. I mean, even if there is a war, a nuclear war, it will still not move the whole of Ghana. There will be people left. There will be things. There will be rivers. There will be roads. There will be mountains. And Jesus said, heaven and earth shall pass away. But my words, the, the comments that I made, will never pass away. Hey! So, respect is shown by respect for words. And Jesus was trying to draw people's attention to his words. And said, be very careful about the things that the comments have made. Take note of my word. Heaven will finish all these stars. By the way, you can see in here Venus, beautiful in the evening. Very beautiful. Beautiful planet. Those of you who have not seen planet before, beautiful. It's right here. Yeah. All these in the heavens will go. <laughs> but my comment that I made to you last Thursday, it will stand. That's what Jesus is trying to say. It's so wild. It's so wild. And your respect for his words shows your respect for him. And your respect for that comment that was made reveals your respect and honor for the person. Oh, yes. Let your church members realize that you have respect for comments and words that whoever your pastor or your father is, then the whole church will learn to have respect for your your comments, your words, what you say. One day, Yonggi Cho said that, you know, he disguised himself. He disguised himself. He put on a, a shirt, whatever, and then, I don't know whether a cap, whatever, then he went outside the church and then he joined the, the queue of the people that were coming in to church and he joined, so he stood with them that he was a member coming to church no, he was a pastor going to preach and as they were all standing there waiting, he turned to the person and asked him, why are you what are you going to do here, why are you so interested standing here for a long time and the person looked at him. Very strange. He said, ah, are you new? <laughs> wow. And the person couldn't say, but said, you wait till you hear our pastor wow. preaching. You wait till you hear our pastor preaching. Wow. You wait till you hear our pastor preaching. Yeah. Yeah. You wait till you hear our pastor preaching. You will see why I'm standing in this queue. <laughs> But when you make sarcastic comments, do you see? They will learn how to make sarcastic comments. For instance, somebody made a comment. You make, you make a comment about you are coming. Say, you see an orangu. How many have seen our orangu over there? You make a comment and you say that 
how can you make a, a, you say that a man who has been created in the image of God, you say is an orangu. How can you say that? You see, it is, you, are, you, are, you are saying something sarcastic. Do you see? <laughs> you are saying so. What, what do you mean? What do you mean by that? As a person that has been made in the image of God, you are calling the person an orangu. Did Jesus not call Herod a fox? Eh? Did he not call the Pharisees vipers? Eh? Brood of vipers. Are they not made in the image of God? <laughs> Did he not call Peter as even Satan? Wow. Wow. But you see, when you make sarcastic comments about someone's statement, everybody's going to learn how to talk that way. So, if you say something, you say, how can you say that this, 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 whatever? How can you say that we shouldn't owe money, whatever? How do you say that when we are preaching, we shouldn't do this? How can you say that? Everybody has heard it, and they will follow you. That's how they will speak exactly when you are preaching. They will make those comments behind your back exactly. And the whole church will be filled with critics and memories and people who are sarcastic. They look, they fold their shoulders, they look in a certain way, they have an attitude. Your gift will never work. And you will never have a mountain light church. And you will never become a great man of God. Because you are in a hostile environment. That's why there's no apple tree in Ghana. Because it's a hostile environment and apple trees cannot grow here. Also, you, you can't harvest apples in Ghana. It's a hostile, it's too hot. It's too hot for them. There's certain environment, you may be the apple tree, the best apples, nicest, juiciest, sweetest apples, but if here in this environment, it will not work. You can't you can, you can do well. And I'm telling you, nobody can become a mountain light church in a place where people don't pay attention to the words. I'm telling you. Yeah. It will not happen. It will not happen. Now, one of the ways you pay attention or you show that you are paying attention is by not answering back. Hmm. Now, you see, when somebody speaks too quickly, when you speak, he's answering quickly. You cannot have a good conversation with somebody and impart something to someone who is answering back. Everything you say, they have a retort. It's called table tennis. <laughs> When I say, and you say, then I say, if I say, men are like this, they say, but well, women are also this. If I say, well, wives, whatever, they say, well, husbands are also whatever. That shows a lack of respect. I don't advise women who answer back about their issues. Yes, I don't have, I don't have any advice for them. Because when I say, wife this or women, they say, what about... Uh, what about the men? What about the men? Oh, yes. Every great man of God that I've ever known, and I've known quite a number personally, 
whose marriages have broken up. It was broken up because of the wives. Yes. All of them that I've known. Yes. But you see, it's, it's, not, it's not easily known or understood. I remember one time I was in a, in a town near in Malaysia, and then I met a man of God from America, and he described a life of a great man of God I had read about in a book. He said I was his assistant. And he sat with me. The pastor who was hosting me said, this brother is interested. Can you, can you talk to him? So he already, we sat down at the lunch table for one hour. And he talked. He said, no, I'm ready to talk about whatever. And he described everything. He said, this is what happened. This is what happened. This is what happened. This is what happened. Time and time again, I've had encounters. But because of a lack of paying attention to those words, you, you just not even say a word. Unless they, you get a retort. Like, what about the And their mind too, this, 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 this. Titus 2 verse 9. It says, exhort servants to be obedient unto their own masters and to please them well in all things, not answering again. Not answering again. You just speak to them, there's an answer that has come back. This one and that. This one and that. And that's when there is a home with a lack of respect. It's tit tat, tit tat, tit for tat, tit tat. I speak, you speak, 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 until whatever. If I say Wesley girls, you say Achimota school. If I say girls, you say boys. If I say wife, you say husband. If I say this, you say that. Huh? Are you listening? You don't understand my message, you see. It's entirely up to you. It's up to you. You don't understand what I'm saying. That's what spoils your relationship. Because there's no attention. Because once you answer back, it means you are not paying attention to the words of the person. Yeah. If I say, if I make a comment, I say something is an orangu, and you immediately have an answer, how can you say that a, um, a man who has been made in the image of God is an orangu? I mean, how can you say that? So straight away, you are giving a sarcastic response to whatever. So I have to now find another sarcastic answer or another response to your response. Instead of you just listening to what we are saying. Yes. So, learn that paying attention to the words of the prophet, the father, is to not answer again. When your father speaks to you, you say, but in your time, it's like this. In our time, it's not whatever. You know, your time, this and that and that and that. But our times are different, you know. One child was sent a text to the father and Instead of uh, whatever I said, in your time, you, you are not used to receiving texts from uh, uh, children. But in our time, we send texts. You know? <laughs> yes. It looks like you are not used to receiving texts. But in our, in our era, we communicate with texts and WhatsApps. I say, wow. I mean, there is always an answer. And it shows that you are not paying attention to the person, you send WhatsApp to somebody with five lines. The person sends you back almost, you've not finished typing, oh. and you see that the person is typing back. Hey. Have you seen somebody like that before? 
you, you sit and then the typing is going on and then shit, then the thing comes. You see, long one. Then you type another one and as you are typing, it's also re- replying. Hey! <laughs> it's typing back as you go. Forward. So what you are actually saying, the person is not listening to it, reading it, or even thinking about it. But the reply is already on the way. It's a sign that you are not paying attention to the words that have been spoken to you. Yes. Titus 2 verse 9. Not answering again. Not answering again. New Living Translation. Put it there. New Living Translation. NLT. Huh? Let's see what NLT says. I'm sure it would be nice. Ah, this man. Amen. Not answering again. So don't sit here in the church service and have an answer to what I'm teaching. Yes. I'm just saying generally. I don't know who it is. Maybe they are at the back or maybe on the side over there. I don't know which where where they are where they are sitting. How many of us want to be in an environment of respect? You know, years ago, I, was, I would have often said, look, I don't know everything. So since I'm not good, go here and I'll be on this side. That's all. I'll be here, I'll be here. That's all. Nobody knows everything, but still, it is people who don't know everything who God uses to build mountain light churches. It's people who have sinned who God uses to build mountain-like churches. It is nobody's that God uses. When you tell me that I don't know everything, it doesn't prove anything because I already know that I don't know everything. Yes. I, 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 I know that I don't know everything. It's on the basis of I don't know everything that I'm ministering. I started not knowing any, everything and anything. And I'm ministering. So telling me that I don't know everything and I don't know whatever... That, that, that doesn't help. It, it, it doesn't show respect. You know, one day I advised somebody. The heart, the heart of the person was broken. The heart. <laughs> the heart was broken. Yes. And I said, I was advising that, you know, overcome it, this, that, God will give you another dream, it is well, this and that. And she just looked at me and said, oh, you, are, you are a man of knowledge without experience. Yes. I mean, straight, like, it's like, that's what, it's like table tennis, pa, 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 smash back. I mean, these are real words I've heard before. You are a man of knowledge without, the, what she meant was that, I don't have the experience of a broken heart. That's why I'm talking the way I'm speaking. And she was right in the sense. But even if she's right that I'm a man of knowledge without experience, is, that the, is it table tennis you have to play when your pastor is advising you? Even if you are thinking about it, maybe tell him later that he has no experience with broken hearts and so on. But as that, I'm telling you, don't worry. It is well. God will look after you. Then, bah, 
You are a man of knowledge without experience. Tell your neighbor you are a man of knowledge without experience. Hey. You smashed me back. <laughs> Beautiful. Anyway, tell somebody else not answering again. Amen. Are you going to create an environment of respect in your church and your environment? Amen. Now, the next important realm of respect okay, is in what is the commonest known form of respect. That is, respecting someone with substance, with something substantial. Amen. Proverbs 3 verse 9 says, Honor the Lord with thy substance. With what? Thy substance. This is a famous saying from the book of Proverbs. And it is teaching you to honor someone by giving something tangible. All right? Are you there? Mark chapter 7 verse 9. You will never be free. I want to take it from the message Bible. You will never be free from the need to honor your father and mother with substance. Never. Mark chapter 7, verse 9. Do I have the message Bible? What's going on there? Okay, I'm going to read it myself. He went on, well, good for you. You get rid of God's command so you won't be inconvenienced in following the religious fashions. Moses said, respect your mother and father. Anyone denouncing father or mother should be killed. But you weasel out of that by saying, it is perfectly acceptable to say to our father or mother, gift, what I owed you, I've given as a gift to God. That's relieving yourself of obligation to your father or mother. You scratch out God's word and scrawl a whim in its place. You do a lot of things like this. You will never be free from the obligation of respecting your father and mother. And that's what Jesus said. This, this scripture in the King James is actually doesn't help you to understand. But what he's saying is that you've got an obligation to respect your father and mother with substance. And instead of respecting them, your parents, by honoring them with substance, you say that the obligation that I have for my father, I've given it to, to God. Already, I gave it to God last week. (laughs) 
So I don't have to give any substance to my father or my mother because I've given it to God. That's, that's what Jesus was saying. Yeah, you reject the commandment of God to keep your own tradition. For Moses said, honor thy father and thy mother, and whoso curseth his father or mother, let him die the death. But you say, if a man say to his father or mother, it is common, that is to say, a gift, by whatsoever thy mightest be profited by me, he shall be free. So again, that's the part that is not easy to understand. But what he's saying is, I have fulfilled an obligation to God with what I was going to give to you. I've given it to God already. I don't, I don't owe you. <laughs> yeah. I don't owe you anything. How long can I continue to honor you? What again? How long can you continue to honor your father and your mother? For the last whatever years, I can show you pictures with my mother. Every week I'm with her. Every week. She's getting to 90. Yes. She doesn't understand most of the things we are doing, but I'm always with her. (laughs) Yes. I'll never be free from that obligation. And you will never be free from that obligation. Yeah. You'll never be free from honoring your father and your mother with substance. And he says, honor the Lord. One of the ways is with substance. Substance. Now, unfortunately, it has been taken to various extremes, but it is still a real and a valid instruction. Substance honoring. So, I've been showing you the different ways to honor and different ways you give respect. But I'm saying that all those ways that you honor and you give respect, they are things that are done without substance. Without doing anything. Paying attention to what somebody says shows a great respect. In marriage, it's a good example. Without even any money, if somebody pays attention to your words, it's it's a form of respect. There's nothing to it. Just respect. Now, when your church members realize that you can honor the Lord with the substance, they will bless you too. And you'll be filled, your church and your congregation will be filled with gift givers. Your church and your congregation will be filled with honoring, loving, and admiring members. Yes, they'll be filled with members full of substance to honor the, 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 and respect, show respect by their gifts. Yes. Amen. Now, There are two ways. One is to honor with substance by presenting something the person does not need and cannot use. Does not what? Need and cannot use. Amen. 
Beautiful. Now, Psalm 50, verse 10. For every beast of the forest is mine, and the cattle upon a thousand hills. For I know all the fowls of the mountains, and the wild beasts of the field are mine. If I were hungry, I would not tell thee, for the world is mine, and the fullness thereof. Amen. Your gift you you give represents the person's worth and greatness, but it may be something the person can never use. Amen. Most great people cannot use the gifts you give them. They are gifts you present for the sake of honor. For the sake of honor, but not that something the person can use. Yes. There are gifts you must present. The gift means your honor for the person, not that the person can use it. Maybe he can't even use it or he doesn't even need it. Because God says that all the cattle on a thousand, they are my, I mean, they are my, I can eat all. (laughs) Do you see what I'm saying? If you present to me a whole chicken, full chicken, it's, 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 it's a beautiful gift. But it may not be something that I need. Do you get what I'm saying? Maybe I don't even eat chicken. I know some people who don't eat chicken. I eat chicken, but I'm saying I know people who don't eat chicken. They say they have killed so many chickens that they can't, they can't stand chicken. <laughs> This one thought in your head that I cannot give anything to this person that the person will need is the number one down blocker of your giving and honor. It's the one number one blocker of your honor. There is nothing that this person needs. Most of the people that you need to honor don't need anything. Yes. That's the truth. That's the truth. They don't need anything. But it's not, it, it, it is not, you are not meeting needs. You are honoring. You are not meeting needs. No, I realize you don't have chicken. You have brought chicken. I realize you, you, you lack eggs. I've brought some eggs. Last time you were preaching, you mentioned uh, uh, washing soap. I've brought washing soap. Uh, Last time you mentioned your iron was spoiled, so I've bought a new iron for you, pressing iron. He may not need it. (laughs) You know, I've been in meetings. I was once with Yongi Cho. And you know, I, I don't know, but they, I, I couldn't get the tape up. 
And I tell you, the millions of dollars that they were mentioning, that he mentioned when he was preaching, I mean, the amount of millions of dollars that he had given to the church. And he, he, he died as a, for he was living in a small apartment, which I believe is the way to, to die with nothing. He was living, he lived, there were a number of flats and he was in one of them. He just stays in an apartment. Yes. But I've heard him before mentioning millions of dollars that he just decided to give all flip. And the same goes with most of the people that I have known. There, there, there have been millions. If I was to follow that, I would not have sowed a seed in Kenneth. He was a very important person to me. Yeah, because he was a multi-millionaire. Psalm 50 is important, verse 10 and 12. It says that if I were hungry... Or if I was in need, I would, I would not tell. And the truth is that if a person is in need, he will not tell you. Yes. That's the truth. If I was in need. If I was in need of a car, I would not tell you. Never. No. I wouldn't say it. I've not, I've not learned that. How to stand and say, I saw in the spirit a car. And the car was coming my direction. And when the person delivered the car to me, the person had 10 cars more. Wow. Now, I'm not saying it's not a good vision, but I'm sure it also happens. But what I'm saying is that sowing seed is not to meet somebody's needs. It's your expression of honor to the person. You are worth this. You are worth that. And I honor you and I value you. Yes. That's, and that is what will happen to you too. Amen. Your church will be filled with people who will say, I honor you. I know you don't need this. I know you don't need this. I know you don't need this. But I honor you. Would you not prefer to have such people in your church than people who are sitting down and saying, why is this money being wasted on this person? Kind of and I'm teaching you how to remove all those type of people from your church. So that you can be in an environment of people who feel that this man is worthy of this, is worthy of that. I want to honor him. And they learn how to honor. Yeah. They learn how to honor someone who does not need. Bishop Oyedebo said, you know, he said, the people that he honored, they, can, they cannot and they do not need. They cannot. They will never need the things that you have to give. He cannot need. They cannot need it. Yeah. They cannot need it. A real prophet, a real man, he cannot need what you are bringing. He cannot. He cannot possibly need it. But it is your value that you are expressing. You are wonderful. You are honorable. I don't know how to express it. I don't know what to say. This is something to say. What I cannot do or say it's, it's, it's an obligation that I feel I have to. Yeah. When I was in Korea one time, Young Cho took us to go and uh, play golf. Hey, I mean, when you get there, you see that, I mean, 
to play, just to play, the amount that is paid to play is fantastic. Yeah. The type of golf course. He took all of us there. Yeah. He took, he took me to the highest places and showed me so many great things. Not personally. We organize it. We are just going. We know that everything that is being done, he's the one doing it for us. Yes. He's the one. I found my own, my way to honor him. And I knew, of course, whatever I was honoring him with would never be. Never. It, it, it is not meeting a need. <laughs> he cannot. He can never need. He cannot need. Will never need. And should never need. But you are honoring your church will be filled with people who will be thinking in the same way. They will be filled with people thinking in the same way. This is how the thinking will be. This, our pastor does not need, yes. cannot need, but I will honor him. Yes. I will love him. I will honor this wonderful person who has been preaching the word of God to me every day. He's valuable to me. He gives me hope. He gives me faith. He gives me the word of God. I want your church to be filled with such people. I want your people to love you. I want them to honor you with substance and to honor you as their pastor and feel that you, you must be honored because that is what the word of God says. Yes. And the way you do it is you do it. And they all see that you do it. Yes. Yes. You, you are wondering why people have not brought a car to your house because you've never brought a car to somebody. Yes. Have you ever wondered? Yeah. You know, one day I was in the office when somebody came and uh, he brought two new cars. Yes. And he said, oh, I, I, don't, I don't even know him. He said, oh, I, I, I see your ministry and you are a blessing. The car that he brought to me, he knew that I cannot use those cars. And I've never used any car that somebody has bought for me. Oh, yes. One day somebody was buying, wanted to buy one. I told him, look, I cannot use it. I don't want you to be offended when you buy it. I don't use such cars. I don't use such cars. I can't, it's, I can't use it. But it, this one brought the cars before I knew he had brought the cars. So beautiful. So when he brought the cars, I said, and I remember he knows I cannot use it. And he said, I, and you know that I have pastors, I have people, missionaries, uh, that can use these cars. And I immediately gave, I never even sat in the car. Yeah, it's just an honor that he was doing. It's a respect. He knows that I can't, I, I can't be needing a car at this stage of my life. Think about it. At this stage, would I be expecting you to put together some money so that we can go and organize a Pijo 405 for me? Ah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no. Yeah. Honor is something very important. I wish your, your church to be filled with car bias. Car bias. Yes. Car bias. Yes. Car bias. Well, trying to trying to. Pack cars in your house. 
trying to load you with benefits. Yes. House givers. Who bring front door keys. Receive it in Jesus name. Yes. One day somebody brought a, brought a house. He said, have this house. So what, what can you do with this house? I said, well, I, we, we will give it to one of our pastors. Said, okay, here. It's a gift. It's a blessing. Be honored with a key. This is a front door key. Your, your church will be filled with front door key givers. Yes. Would you like to have such people in your church? You are receiving them now in the name of Jesus. And you are teaching your members what to do. Yeah, they will learn it. I'm teaching you to create an environment that is just an environment of love and respect. And by you doing that, they will all see this is how to be a Christian. This is how to be a pastor. Not that you are telling them, do this for me. Yeah. They are learning it. Yes, they are learning it. Yeah. And you see, God will also show you, I'll tell you, when you graduate in the ministry, you see that you don't need things. You don't want things. Yes. You don't need things. You don't want, and you even see things as a burden. Yes. That's it. You don't need, you don't want, and you see them as a burden. Yeah. When you graduate. So when people honor you, the more they honor you, the more, not useless, but the more unusable it is. But, and the more real it is that they are just honoring God because there's nothing really that you need that they can give or do. But your value. I heard one day Fred Price saying, he said, somebody brought a gift to him. And the person said, it's not the gift that matters, but the thought. Then he said, if that is the thought you have for me, the, the type of very, some way, gift you've brought. He said, if that is the thought you have for me, I don't want you to think about me. Yeah. Because the gift also reveals what you are thinking. And he said, that it's not the gift, it's the thought that matters. I heard Kenneth Hagin say, he was in the house when they brought Two suitcases of used clothing. Two suitcases of used clothing. Obroni Wewus in America. (laughs) Force. Is is it you understand? Force. Two suitcases of force. So he opened it with his wife in the house. He said, I mean, the things were so some way. And he told his wife, throw it away. Throw everything away. Yeah. He said if it's not good enough for them, it's not good enough for us. And they threw it away. Even though they didn't have things. They were poor. They were poor. But you see, the thought you have that this person should wear your used brazier or should wear your used uh, old this thing, whatever. (laughs) These are the seeds you are sowing. Obroni wewus. In America. (laughs) Your church will be filled with admirers. Lovers. Gift givers. House buyers. Car givers. 
Bill Pierce. Yes. Bill Pierce. Because you tell your, 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 your church member, they will see that I'm going to pay the bill of this for this person. I'm going to pay the bill for this, for this pastor of mine. I'm going to pay that. He said this and that. I'm going to pay the bill for that. Yeah. I'm going to pay the bill. Oh, yes. Yes. You know, people don't have a mind to give. It's almost as if they have not been taught. Yeah. You know, one time I was preaching in South Africa and I told them, I don't know whether it was South Africa, but I remember it was a South African thing. I said, you know, all the places we've been for crusade, there was one pastor in South Africa when we got there, the accommodation where we were staying, he paid everything. He paid for everything that where we would stay. Yeah. He said, no, 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 no. As we've come here, he knows even how we look after them when they come. So he paid for everything, but that was the only place. Everywhere else, pay for yourself. Pay as you go. Yes. But you notice the place where somebody goes, I want to pay this bill for you. How many want people who come to your church and say, I want to pay the bill for this? You know, if your church is filled with such people, the feeling in the church is different. Your anointing will grow. You, you will feel confident. You see that you, you speak better. The, the, yourself will come. <laughs> Receive bill payers. Payers of bills. Payers of issues. Yes. You'll be going to buy a ticket. And you'll be met somebody say, I saw you buy a ticket. I said, no, I have to pay for the ticket. I can't allow you to pay for this ticket. I said, you are traveling to America to this and I've decided to pay for it. I'm paying for it because it is my, I'm fortunate to see you here. I'm fortunate to see you here. Yeah. Yes. He dreams I pay. Yeah. Teach your church to do these things by your own behavior. They will learn all these things. Now, the second form of pay, giving substance is giving something that is needed and useful. It's not only giving things that are not needed. Sometimes it's needed. Hmm? Oh, you don't get what I'm saying. Something that is usable. In Malachi chapter 1. A son honoreth his father and a servant his master. If then I be a father, where is my honor? And if if I be a master, where is my fear? You offer polluted bread upon my altar. And you say, wherein have we polluted thee? If you offer the blind for sacrifice, is it not evil? Or if you offer the lame and sick, is it not evil? Offer it now to thy governor. Will he be pleased with thee or accept thy person? 
saith the Lord of hosts. Wow. Now, you offer the blind, you offer the lame and the sick. Is it not evil? Now, animals also have doctors called vets. Do you see? Yes. And sometimes you see that the animal is not well. One day we had cows here. And then I saw one cow. It stood at the same place for about two days. And I knew that it wasn't well. Suppose I take this cow and I so I bring this one. It hasn't moved for the last two days. It was standing I think it has been bitten by a snake. Yeah. Now, you go and you are giving this snake-bitten cow to somebody. You know? So, this is it. You don't know whether the poison will even still be in the meat. But that's your gift. Watch out. Expect yourself to get three-legged three-legged this thing. Goats. Coughing goats. Yes. And by the way, Goats can really cough. And their cough is like the cough of a child. <laughs> it's like a child coughing. There's <laughs> one day I visited somebody and we were in the house for some time and I said, who is not well? So it's the goat outside there. They are coughing. an offering to the Lord. Yeah. I think it would have been better not to give anything. Maybe just wait until you can give something from your heart than to give all these things which God sees through. Yes, which God sees through. Now, When you were doing something for yourself, what did you do? But when it was doing something for honor, what did you do? Yeah. I personally believe that the gifts that you give from your heart, they change your life maybe more than any spiritual act that you ever make. That's what I personally believe. I mean, this is just by the way. I believe that in your life and your ministry, there are certain gifts that it comes a time when it's, it's a direction from the Lord and it's a spiritual thing that you do. And when you do it, it's a special thing in your ministry. And it marks something. Yeah. It marks something. Yeah. Marks something. And it's something deep and spiritual. Do you know why? <clears throat> because you see, 
when you honor like the woman who came to honor Jesus, she was saying you are special, you are glorious, you are wonderful, you are beautiful. Think about your nice gift you have. Whoever says you are wonderful, you are special, you are, they rather insult you, they rather answer back, they rather say all sorts of things. So you see, a time for you to also be seen as special and wonderful and beautiful has not yet come. Because it's also something you have not also done. So you will never be seen as special, wonderful, beautiful, a gift. Oh, there's a difference. When that happens in your life, there's a difference. There is a difference. There is a difference. And that's why I say that in my experience in the ministry, being part of Young Cho's board, I'm sorry if I mention his name too much. You know, I hope, I hope it doesn't offend you. Yes, I hope it doesn't offend you too much. Yeah. That's what you lack also. You lack somebody to mention somebody's name that you are mentioning. And just as I keep mentioning, somebody may also be mentioning my name and then all the time and then it may disturb you. And you say, why is uh, you, why are you mentioning his name? Is he God? That's the answer you make. And that's why no one will ever mention your name. And if ever anybody dares mention your name, then immediately it will be wiped out. You see, we don't realize that what we are doing is what is being done to us. Yes. I say that I sense so much respect when I went there. Respect for the fact that I was in the ministry. That was a blessing to me. That was a blessing to me. That was a blessing to me. Yeah. I think to be valued when you sense someone thinks you are great. Someone thinks you are wonderful. I mean, there is something beautiful about that. Yeah. One day I wrote a letter to Yongichu. He was going through some crisis. And I wrote a long letter to him. And he wrote back. And he said, I will never forget what you have done what you have said. I will never forget it in all my life. I will never forget. I can show you the letter. Yeah. I will never forget what you have done. Yeah. I was even surprised. I, I thought he would not even see my letter. He wrote back. I will never forget. Are you listening to me? So, I want you to become people who are honored. I'm, I'm, I'm fighting for you. Yeah, yeah, I'm fighting for you. I want you to have a good environment. People say they like preaching in Lighthouse. Because if you preach in our church, you will not, you will not go out and a comment to be made about you and about your message behind the doors. It cannot happen. Never. That you came to preach and when you went there was a discussion or some sarcastic comment. No, that's why you, there will be a happiness to flow, receiving. There's nothing like that. So, uh, hey, today was this. Hey, they said today, I do so. Never. It cannot happen. No, we are happy. Yeah. yeah. And they learn that, receive, and the same way, they also receive me when I Gladly. That's how you teach the people. You make a comment, say that. 
how can you mention uh, somebody created in the image of God? <laughs> you call the person an oranku. <laughs> People have words. So. People have words. <laughs> yes, you are becoming a rangu. That's why you are, you are saying that. <laughs> Are you excited? Oh, yes. Yes, 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 yes. Stand to your feet, please. Makamala no sandala mandala mando shebara mandala baba. Pera mama shando bakabara zamandali mandele. Paramandala mama shata makabala dara manandele. Endolo mombarine dele vedele. Endolo mombarine dele vedele. Pero mandale de barandale de barandale de barandale de barandale de for teaching us to honor by paying attention to your words. To words. Thank you by, for teaching us to honor with substance. And now, thank you for the special gift that comes by the seed of honoring. Release into these mountain-like churches a good feeling a good atmosphere, a good environment, an environment of honor, an environment of love, admiration, joy, and peace. Thank you. Thank you for this blessedness. In Jesus' name, amen. Sit down for a moment. You know, this, what I'm teaching you is, you can call it reverse disloyalty. Yes. Reverse disloyalty. Because instead of saying to you, don't do this, and don't do this, and don't do this. I'm saying, do this, and do this. It will make the environment in the church good, and sweet, and filled with loyalty and love. More love than anything else. Yes. Yes, it's reverse disloyalty, which is loyalty. Reverse disloyalty is loyalty. Yeah. It's like, let the church 
go higher than loyalty. Instead of loyal, just loyal, like you are changing the church into a church full of admirers, lovers, followers, uh, rewarders, honorers, respectful people. Yeah. Where your gift will be wonderfully accepted and received. So now, we are going to talk about your gift, the beautiful gift of God that uh, will be loved and honored. Amen. Let's take an offering. Let's take an offering. Yes. Take your offering and honor this conference by sowing a good seed in the offering. Amen. Honor by sowing a good seed. Father, I want to thank you for everyone that is so blessed to give. As they are giving, so also they will have conferences in their churches and people will sow seeds to encourage the conference to bless the conference. Let the blessings never stop flowing because of today's offering. I ask for it in the name of Jesus. Amen.